Hello there, you February Fosby floppers. Yes, have you ever done the high jump before? I definitely used the star the Fosby flop. That was my uh, that was perfect for me because um, if I either my bottom it isn't too flat. You know, as I said before, it's not a dad bud. Or my protruding belly would knock the bar off on the high jump. Now I could never do the scissors. I mean, scissor, the scissor jump for the high jump is really for people with longer legs. And my short stubby legs, similar to the corgis, uh, would never make it over the high jump in that way. So the Frosby flop was always my favorite type of uh, high jumping uh, set piece. And I'd say, yeah, well, the bad is it. I'd much better that than the long jump. Or the triple jump was even worse, where you had to do a hop, skip, and a jump. And I think I got disqualified every time because I went over the line. I, I didn't know when to hop, when to skip, and when to jump. I often jumped, skipped, and hopped. Or hopped, jumped, and then skipped on occasion. Um, but it was normally normally completely in reverse, to be honest. So, yes, school athletics. Meeting by the caravan for 1,500 meters. I mean, 1,500 meters when you're like 12 years old. It seems like to the ends of the earth, doesn't it? But that's what we had to do. We had to do the 1,500 meters. And I, for whatever reason, tried manfully, well, I guess not manfully, probably uh, wimpily, uh, to get out of the 1,500 meters every time I could. Doctor's notes, uh, pretend sprained ankles, upset stomachs. But then one time the excuses ran out and I actually had to run the 1500s and my face at the end did look like the proverbial beetroot not a not a happy memory <laughs> old school athletics uh, i don't know well that was probably the worst um trying to play field hockey in the freezing cold in the winter of 1986 and striking the ball on the top and getting those chill blains like shuddering through your fingers and your toes that wasn't very pleasant as well. So, welcome to you, one and all. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 168 today. And you're catching me rather like Samson. I'm about to get my hair cut. So I thought, well, maybe I'll make a start on a podcast to see if I have superior strength and, uh, you know, more eloquent and articulate before I have the lock short. I mean, I'm not going to have very much cut off. I think I'm probably going to have the bare minimum for anything. I'm not, I don't really want to, to really get rid of these luscious locks. But I think once you get to a certain age, if you uh, decide to have your hair cut, you, you're never completely certain if it's going to grow back because it just seemed to grow back in other areas, uh, up the nostrils, uh, excess back hair. I mean, all of those sort of things. And, and, and that that is the fear that... Uh, that the, that the ancient gods um, of Hades or whoever whoever the hair growth gods really are. I mean, I, I would imagine it'd be somebody like Ulysses or something. Didn't he have luscious locks? Um, anyway, I, I fear that if I do cut it off, then, uh, then it's never going to grow back. And I'm going to end up looking like a walrus because I'll have tusks growing out of my nose. Something along those, uh, those lines. Hope you're having a lovely Saturday. Uh, we're having a, uh, a thawing Saturday today, so... The ice is beginning to melt. Um, we had uh, 100 hours under zero degrees Fahrenheit, I believe, early in the week. And uh, everything is beginning to get back to normal. And there is the feel of spring in the air. But then you look a week hence and 
the snow, ice and cold coming back again. That, ladies and gentlemen, is March in Colorado. So we're enjoying the last vestiges of February and uh, we're marching into March, so to speak, next, uh, next week here. Uh, with more wondrous uh, weather to come. Uh, quick on our heels, basically. But uh, today on the podcast, we're going to have some of our usual features. We're going to have a lovely trumpet trombone. Yes, the trumpet trombone will be coming back where we look at some of those heinous headline crimes of the week. Uh, we're going to have another rate my plate as well. And, um, you know, maybe I should do half of the podcast with my locks intact and maybe half of the podcast without and you can uh, try to guess and see where the join is not not the join of my wig obviously but the join in the podcast between luscious locks and limited locks so some of the things that we may or may not be discussing today and as i always say in the podcast yeah if i'm saying it's going to appear in the podcast today it may not that's the beauty of it it's a it's sort of a game of Audio Russian roulette. Well, probably not Russian roulette at the moment, although it seems that what well, that's what Putin's trying to do. It's like spinning the wheel, and it is like a big, very dangerous game of uh, Russian roulette. But on the podcast today, we're trying to lighten things up if we can, uh, make things as slightly whimsical, and hopefully at some point during the course of the program, you may guffaw, spit out your tea, or possibly roll your eyes. I'll take a roll of your eyes. If you want to roll your eyes at me, you can do that. I, I, that gives you perfect permission to do that. So, we never talked about uh, my celebration of the Queen, my sort of good wishes to the Queen, what I tried to do. Alas, I do not have a Union Jack. I, I often thought about an old Chappie Towers putting up a Union Jack or Flag of St. George off the top of one of the turrets. Yes, like I have one of the turrets. It's more like I lived in one of the turrets at Old Chappie Towers. But I don't think people would like that very much as well. We never talked about cat gyms. We did on the podcast talk about my late night Uber delivery of a heating pad. Yes, I had, uh, well, it wasn't man flu, but something similar where I thought I was either going to be in giving birth to kittens or um, possibly my brain was coming out of one of my other orifices. That's how painful it felt at the time. I thought it could be kidney stones, but uh, everything's sort of dissipated now. And the wonders that the heating pad have secured my uh, survival into another week and, dare I say, another podcast for you guys. Um, also, I never talked about what I found in the remnants, remnants uh, in my chest hair the other day. My thoughts on the new Kristen Bell drama on Netflix. It's sort of a uh, sort of a pastiche, a, a satire of all those shows. It's a little bit desperate housewives, but all those shows where a housewife spots some sort of murder or nefarious activities going along uh, across the road. There, that is the uh, that is really the the, the descriptor of uh, the new Kristen Bell show on Netflix. Um, also, acupuncture is meant to be relaxing. Uh, well, tapping pins stuck in your eyeballs and your toes and your hands may not be relaxing, but we found something that probably will make it even less relaxing. We'll be talking about that as well on the podcast as well. Uh, the power of Ramon. We never talked about my Ramon soup. Now, I do worry that the dry seaweed 
uh, could have caused the uh, slight rumble in the Bronx that I had earlier in the week. Um, but you know what? I'm going to keep powering up the Ramon. I'm going to enjoy the Ramon. I'm not going to talk down on the Ramon because I think it is a power for the good. Uh, also, are you a flailer in bed? Do your arms move around? Do you like to uh, sleep vertically, horizontally? Well, I, I, on occasions, do sleep with somebody who does that. And it's not, I mean, it's not a... Not anything untoward here. It's my partner, obviously. It's not like a random person on the street. Yes, yeah, so I put a guy on Craigslist. Can I find somebody who likes to flail their arms around in bed and likes to sleep horizontally? Yes, uh, yes. Uh, and, and, and correspond back to bigboy69 at uh, gmail.com. Uh, that isn't my, but leave it like that isn't my email address. So don't try, trying to, you know, don't send anything along the way there. Because it won't reach me. If you want to reach me, you can uh, Twitter message me at Keep Cheese or at Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Like and subscribe. Why not? Also, um, I had a hair coming out of my mouth the other day. Um, or I thought I had a hair coming out of my mouth. But uh, when you have dogs, it could uh, either be a, a hair from one of the thousands of dogs I seem to have or possibly a whisker. Yes, I've got like loose whiskers that I can't seem to see anymore and can't seem to shave. And also, what makes the real difference? What What is a differentiator when it comes to the English breakfast? I know we talk about the English breakfast a lot, but I sort of miss it. And then the British Bulldog Pub here in Denver put up a picture on my Instagram at about 8 o'clock. And I nearly had to uh, get on the train and get my way downtown. Because, uh, yeah, I probably, if I go to the British Bulldog, I'm probably not coming back in one piece, especially after a full English and maybe uh, a Bloody Mary as well, which is highly possible. Um, and very, very sad news. I broke the thing that holds my tea bags today. Yes, uh, clumsy big chappy hands knocked off this uh, contraption. And we're going to be talking about it because it's got, now I realize, a thousand different names all over the Internet. So if you're looking for looking to replace it, it is dare I say nay neon nay laddie nion impossible to find, and also the turtleneck, the roll neck. Thinking that I look svelte, I now have seen a picture of myself, and uh, we'll be talking about that in my first impressions of me in the said fluffy woolly very bulky turtleneck. I was talking to my wonderful grandmother, my nan, Joyce, a little bit earlier today. And always wonderful conversations. And we're talking about roast duck. One of my favorite dishes. Do I love roast duck? Love Chinese, Pekin duck. But English roast duck, possibly an Aylesbury duck. Absolutely, uh, absolutely delicious. Crispy skin and all. But my grandfather, when he was alive, my grandfather Frank, he used to say, well, how can you tell if it's an Aylesbury duck or not? And then he'd like to put like two fingers under his nostril and take a deep breath, meaning there is a slight stench and whiff behind an Aylesbury duck. So I'm thinking, well, well I've never even, do Aylesbury ducks even still exist here? I mean, but it's a breed of domesticated duck bred mainly for its meat and appearance, pure white plumage, pink bill, orange legs and feet. Sounds a bit like Donald Trump, doesn't it, really? The precise origins of the breed are unclear, but raising white ducks became popular in Aylesbury, Buckinghamshire in England in the 18th century during the demand for white feathers as a filler for quilts. 
but they used to duck rearing became major industry in Aylesbury in the 19th century. The ducks were bred on farms. Fertilized eggs were brought into the town's duck end. Now, maybe that's why grandfathers talk about the duck end. Yeah, you don't want to be going too close to the duck end, I don't think. But in 1873, the Pekin duck was uh, introduced into the United Kingdom. Its meat was thought to have a poorer flavor than the Aylesbury duck, but they were hardier and cheaper to raise. And then there was the decline of the Aylesbury duck during the early 1900s. Steep decline, apparently, in the Aylesbury duck in the early 1900s here. Um, but... On further research, I had a look on the internet. Why does my duck smell bad? Duck meat is naturally gamey, spoiled by duck meat, assumes a putrid odor. According to the website Chef's Best, fresh duck meat should smell clean without odors. A sulfur, skunky, or moldy uh, disrug smell is evidence of uh, putrefaction. Well, of course, if a duck smells bad, you're not going to eat it. But ginger and white wine are two enemies of duck meat. If you massage duck with crushed ginger or rub it with white wine, its odour will disappear, apparently. Yes, that's what happens if you... I mean, that's what you need to do. Ginger and a little bit of white wine here. But we still haven't located how you actually generally find out uh, if it's an Aylesbury duck or not. Other than sticking your, you know, pointy old snack up the duck, duck's backside. I mean, that's probably the closest here. But uh, again, finally, if you want to keep your duck coop, or I guess maybe a chicken coop as well, smelling fresh... These are the things that you need to do. This is a very important information on keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Uh, if you want your uh, chicken coop or duck coop to smell fresh. Number one, water and moisture are not your friend. Install a box fan to keep air circulating. Use fresh herbs and rose petals if you have them in the nesting boxes and the sleeping areas. And every few days or once a week, clean out any bedding that is soiled or damp. So a lady went into a butcher's shop and she said, uh, Hello, my good man. I was wondering if you had uh, an Aylesbury duck. An Aylesbury duck. And the, and the butcher, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll just go and, uh, just go and have a look, uh, look over here. I, th I think this is an Aylesbury duck. I'll just go get this for you. So he brought over the uh, Aylesbury duck, or suppose the Aylesbury duck, and she, said, oh, and she um, looked at the duck and she took two fingers and stuck the fingers up the duck's bottom and then took it out and <laughs> smelt the fingers on dear boy dear boy this isn't an Aylesbury duck oh, no no this is a this is an Oxfordshire duck an Oxfordshire duck oh, oh sorry model boy I'll, I'll, I'll go and have a look over here I'll just have a look over here I, I think this could be the one here so she bought another find a big plump duck back over to the uh, over to the counter and then put it down on the counter and the lady took the two fingered uh, yep. mm. oh you silly boy you silly boy that, that's not an Aylesbury duck oh no that's a Gressingham duck a Gressingham duck I tell you oh I'm so sorry man. I thought it was an Aylesbury duck I'm so terribly sorry so then the uh, butcher boy went into the back and talked to his boss. Oh, there's this lady, she's very posh and she's looking for an Aylesbury duck. Oh, what, what are you doing there, lad? Oh, gosh, yeah, what are you... The, the, the Aylesbury ducks are right at the back there. Go get the big box of those ducks there. Go and get those. So he took the, took the box in and pulled out the best, the most beautiful duck and put it on the counter. And the lady then took her two fingers and, yes, you've guessed it. And they took her... <laughs> 
Oh, excellent job! Oh, fantastic job, son! You, you, that is an ale's return! Oh, fantastic! Oh, lovely! How much do I owe Oh, fantastic news! So he uh, wrapped up the duck and charged the lady and. Uh, so, my dear boy, it took us a while to get there, didn't it? But uh, just, uh, just a quick question. Where are you from? Well, uh, well, modern, he said the young chap as he dropped his trousers and bent over the counter. Well, you're the expert. Why don't you try and find out where I'm from? A very interesting couple of days, transportation-wise. You know, of course, Seinfeld's got comedians in cars drinking coffee, and he's sitting in the back of a car or some taxi or something drinking coffee. Well, I had the situation. It's a British chap in a, in, in a car or in an Uber or a Lyft, basically getting the wrong end of the stick and tremendous sort of miscommunication. I don't know what it is. I seem to rub people the wrong way, I think. A lot of these... Uber driver's in quite contrary recently, but the first one I had re fairly recently here was I was getting in the car here and hopped in and uh, just making light small talk. Oh, bloody freezing this week. Oh, bloody cold. Like 100, 100 hours under zero degrees here. So no, it hasn't been that cold. So what are you talking about? I mean, this is like, you know, this is like a record or something, isn't it? Oh, no, 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 this is nothing. This has been quite mild recently. Well, okay. Well, we had the most amount of snow in the first two months of the year since records began here in Colorado. Oh, no, no. When I was a boy, it was, it was halfway up the leg there. Oh, we used to get days where... Five days off school where we just used to skate around playing ice hockey on the ponds and the snow was up right up to the top of your leg there. Anyway, exasperated, exasperated. But today, I mean, it's like some road rage going on, getting into some, some awful... Nearly got into a car crash here. I mean, nearly would be able to deliver the second half of my uh, podcast with you here. With my hair neatly shorn. Can you tell yet? I'm not quite... don't feel quite as strong or quite so as eloquent as earlier. You know, maybe, maybe you can guess that. I don't know. Anyway, so the driver, like, nearly got into an accident, but he's playing this sort of zen music, zen chanting, and a lot of, like, sort of moaning and different things going on. And I, I asked the young fella, I said, well, what, what, what sort of music is this? I mean, uh, how would you describe this? It's sort of quite, uh, quite meditative, isn't it? Like, I feel like a meditation or going into the sort of, Flying eagle pose or something like that. Uh, he said, "No, no, 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 mate. This is a, a, a tantra fusion. A tantra fusion." So uh, I've been listening to like a tantra fusion. Uh, it may, makes me wonder that I should have like got like suited up, or maybe I need to go and have a shower in bleach now. If he's listening to tantra fusion in the front of his car, God knows what he's doing in the back of his car. Oh, the AI elves, possibly Russian. Artificially intelligent elves are out and about today, so during the middle of the show, I'm broadcasting to you, my loyal listenership, and uh, all of a sudden, I get an advert for deodorant. I'm thinking, well, I think I smell quite nice. I always wear aftershaves and pop things under the armpit, but then I get a, an advert. Never seen this before. It's a, um, it's a, it's a new type of deodorant. Better, different. Everywhere is the uh, is the tagline, and uh, well, 
here we go. So this this deodorant is is, is definitely uh, definitely a little bit different. Apply anywhere you have an odor. Well, what are these people thinking? These people advertising to me, uh, you know, prospective buyer. Uh, I have odored in different places, uh, and it says think pits, under boobs, belly button. I haven't got an under boob. How dare you? Maybe an under moob. Belly buttons, tummy folds, butt cracks, thigh creases, vulvas, balls, and feet. And we're not talking the balls of your feet. We're talking the balls. So if you have an odorous pet, an under boob or under moob, belly button or tummy fold, an odorous butt crack, thigh creases if they're a little odorous, odorous vulva. Not a vulva. I mean, I guess you could probably hang it from your, you know, from your mirror in the Volvo, but a Volvo, and odorous balls. I mean, how dare you say that? They're perfectly fine. I suppose they've tested these people to make sure that when you apply it to this, you don't come out at a nasty rash. Very vital news from the week here. Matt admits importing cocaine-laced gold duck statue. A man from Albania has admitted smuggling Class A drugs into the UK after a duck statue laced with cocaine was seized at Stansted Airport. That makes you wonder, though. I mean, this guy must have been quackers anyway. Um, but where was the cocaine stored? Was it... I mean, I guess the duck snout, the beak, would probably be a little bit too... Um, <laughs> but too obvious, I suppose. But again, going back to my story earlier, my little tale, my little my little jaunt down memory lane over the Aylesbury Duck. I mean, you could, I guess you could put a couple of fingers up there and see if any white powder drops out and and then stick it under the nostrils. So that's probably maybe the way to do things here. Forget ducks on this occasion after the discovery of the cocaine uh, in the gold-plated duck is... Uh, Goose was rather cooked, one would say. And a skier from Finland said he suffered from an unbearable pain after his penis froze during a race at the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing a couple of Saturdays ago. You can guess which body part was a little frozen when I finished, says Remy Lindholm, 24, who told me after the men's 50-kilometer mass start cross country skiing race from start to finish the race reportedly lasted one hour 16 minutes skiers braved 1.4 degrees fahrenheit that's similar to me the other day but i didn't have my flies undone and the old boy hanging out it was one of the worst competitions i've ever been in it was just about battling through after the race the athletes final competition lindholm used a heat pack to help thaw out the affected area but his recovery prove challenging when the body parts started to warm up after the finish the pain was unbearable you have to rub in some expectorant some deep heat vix vapor up old boy did the old boy the situation could have been much worse however the course had been reduced from 50 kilometers to 30 kilometers god bless the shortened race course isn't don't you get frostbite after 30 minutes or something i mean that's a probably a sort of like a piece of blackened fish right now an old floppy piece of cod nice and blackened from the frostbite oh delicious you don't want that as an appetizer or indeed a main course do you what you really need though is a saint bernard with brandy to dip the frozen penis in it i mean david never used to do that if he went skiing he would 
pop the old boy into a glass of brandy or something along those lines. I mean, you also keep your hand in your pocket with a hand warmer so you don't have a coxical. And the Queen is no longer stranger to third-class travel embargo on many royal tours via private jet. Yet despite the royal family having multi-million pound budget for travel, in-flight meals for the monarch aren't always a luxury affair. Her Majesty, former pike Graham Laurie, previously revealed the 95-year-old royal enjoyed £2.50 tin pies, canned pies, during flights in the 90s to provide a change from all that fancy food. Graham continued, do you know they used to love it? I think it's some sort of lovely change from all that fancy food which comes in first class. The former pilot did not reveal the Queen's favourite flavour pie, but the £2.50 pies are popular for the steak and kidney, minced beef and onion, chicken and bacon pies. The monarch isn't alone in a love for the simplicity of a tin pie. For her daughter, Anne, it's also been known to love the classic British staple. According to the Mail Online, the 71-year-old prefers simplicity over fuss opting for a pork pies or anything from Frey Bentos, the supermarket brand of tin meat. The uh, Princess Royal prefers to serve whichever she could defrost the quickest, along with boiled potatoes, peas or green beans. Perhaps her memories of travelling with her mother has given her a taste for easy meals. The Queen's no-fuss approach to in-flight dining is far from the luxury on board the British Airways upper-class cabin. The first-class menu includes a, a dining experience featuring signature dishes with quality British ingredients, with impeccable service. Up to £10,000 a ticket. Dining in first class on British Airways flights is not far from the royal family used to eat at the palace. Each seat is prepared with a crisp white tablecloth and silver cutlery, personal salt and pepper shakers and premium glassware, perfect for sipping the unlimited champagne available on all boarding passes. We know which in-flight menu we would prefer. I know the Queen recovering from COVID at the moment uh, I was uh, persuaded to wash my Union Jack mat. It needed a good old wash and a scrub. And then my darling was hanging it from her porch. I think she got a rather strange look from the neighbours next door, thinking it was some sort of uh, get well wishes to Her Majesty the Queen hanging from a porch in Colorado. Yes. <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. Anyway, so the other day, I had the situation where I woke up and I had something encrusted into my chest hair in the morning. I was thinking, that looks a little bit like mouse turds or something, like ingrained and tangled in the chest hair. Oh, this is absolutely awful, what's going on here? I'm infested, an infestation of rodents here. And I just like looking at what this looks like. Just lick my finger and... Yes, it's uh, oh, it's it's chocolate. It's chocolate. So I'd eaten um, some Ferrero Rocher the night before, and uh, the heating pad has ba had basically welded the chocolate onto my chest hair. Um, so yeah, it wasn't quite. It was a little bit the remnants of Ferrero Rocher, uh, not any mouth droppings. So we all love a love a lovely pot noodle soup or some instant ramen noodles now i plead to you today and i did this in the week here i plead to you to make a ramen soup from scratch i mean you can buy the chicken broth or the bone broth uh or you can get a ramen broth that i think is basically like seared off pork belly and vegetables and chicken broth it made into some sort of a delicious life enhancing broth 
you can make it yourself or get the prepared stuff. So you basically get some of that there. You take all the vegetables that you could ever want. Uh, some chicken, I very finely chopped up chicken. And some uh, onions and scallions and garlic and cook that up with the chicken and some of the vegetables. Uh, you know, for about 10 minutes. And then you basically put that into the instant pot, the pressure cooker, with the with the broth here, and um, you you know you can add some sort of uh, pepper spices, soy sauce as well if if you want to, uh, five spice, whatever you really want to to flavour it. Um, now I like sriracha sauce, but I always leave the sriracha till the end. So you put that in there for twenty minutes. And you got this beautifully vegetable broth. Um, I actually also added some spinach and some dried seaweed in there as well, which give that sort of salty little bit of fish sauce as well. And then once you've done that, you sort of boil up some noodles. I have some pot stickers as well. So you boil those up ready, and then that mix that in with the soup here. Then a dash of sriracha. Now that was a meal for three days for me. It was absolutely tremendous. It was that sort of elixir of you're eating something that's really good for you, tastes good, and you feel it's sort of extending your life spoonful by spoonful. So I highly recommend it. It's uh, something that will last for a few days in the week if ever you have the chance. And, uh, you know, I know we like sort of carb-laden treats here and keep coming cauliflower cheese, but the power of the ramen is undeniable. Drop whatever you're doing and find yourself the nearest builder. A recent survey has confirmed the suspicion that tradespeople and other blue-collar workers make the best lovers, which kind of makes sense. They're very skilled with their hands, after all. Well, maybe with a chisel and a plaster and a paintbrush, but, you know, you want something maybe a little bit more delicate. Materials market a business connected professional hobbyist builders and material suppliers surveyed 2,000 people of varied backgrounds to answer the age old question which jobs produce the nation's top sexual performers? Okay, so number 10, accountant. While accountants uh, show from shows like The Office hardly scream sexual prowess as finance focused career took 10th spot. However, given their jobs focus on data and numbers, we guess accountants are experts in making sure that they leave the business meeting satisfied. Personal trainers. This one needs no explanation. Given the most personal trainers in peak condition, hours of grinding in the gym have fashioned their bodies into sex machines. Plumbers. When you're looking somebody to lay a large pipe all day, it seems to be given that uh, these skills transfer into the bedroom. Though the plumber's crack is far from appealing, the job ranking at the number eight uh, paints a prettier picture than plumbers nationwide. Architects, designing structures may not be the sexiest job on paper, but you'd be forgetting how much care and attention to detail was required to create safe buildings. They know the entrances, the exits, the emergency exits, and the location of the old boy sorry the fire hose six graphic designer another profession based in the creative industry graphic designers are responsible for just about everything that catches your eye on the internet they know what people want they digest what colors evoke certain emotions by this reasoning they're masters of design and know how to get your motor humming builders while some builders are undeniable catcalling pigs uh there's a tradesman have received six 145.9 million views it might be the uh, to the uh, detriment to hulk piles of 
bricks around in white top tank tops or work trousers that everybody lusts over on social media. Regardless of the reason, the UK loves builders and not because they do all the heavy lifting. They've got the mechanic. At number four, there's something undeniably alluring about a grease-covered mechanic wheeling out from under a car. Coming in at number four, mechanics are not only good with their hands, but a wide array of tools and trinkets to streamline, indeed, their performance. Then teachers. <laughs> teachers are tagged at number three. Uh, everybody had one teacher at school that they had a crush on, and clearly that had uh, they had a taste of discipline, the smell of the whiteboard markers are transformed into adulthood fantasies. The electrician, when chemistry is electric, uh, sorry about the pun there, things naturally flow in sexual encounters, leaving both parties satisfied. Electricians who who are shocking, are good with their hands, are adept at fine-tuning intricate wires and systems, uh, basically what our bodies are for. And then coming at number one, plaster is the top spot. Plaster is usually covered in plaster and immediately requires shower upon arriving home. Hot partners plus messy plus showering always leads to the happy ending. So basically builders, plasters, laborers, blue collar workers are the top lovers. And I would worry your heart hands are like coated in plank plaster of Paris. You've got uh, splinters in the hands, rough old hands going all over there. That's not particularly sexy, is it? It doesn't matter how much scrubbing or, you know, sandpapering you're going to be doing here, but you're never going to be able to get that off the hands. It's going to be rough as a piece of old sandpaper. But, I mean, also, are you going to have to get the situation here? Uh, oh, sorry, love. Uh, can we have a break for another cuppa? I mean, how many cups of teas are you going to have to have between bedroom shenanigans you know, every 10 minutes, oh, we better stop for another cup of tea, love. Oh, I can't, I can't, can't go beyond two o'clock. I need to eat my sandwiches. And also, they could go missing for days without hiding a hair of them. No phone calls. And then all of a sudden, they turn up at the most inconvenient moment. Oh, yes, trample trombone here. Anyway, a bargain hunting mole found its way into a branch of pound stretcher and frighted staff before they came round and named the mole Ernest. The furry mammal is thought to have stowed away on a pallet to get inside and spent around four hours browsing before he was spotted hiding in the tills. Last week, store manager Judy Brewis described the moment when one of her checkout assistants screamed after finding the rat-sized mole. Judy had worked in the shop for four years. I said, what the hell is that? I'd never seen a mole before. I was amazed by how furry it was. He was so clean too. He didn't look like he'd just come out of a hole. Judy helped put the mole in a basket before taking him back across the road to a wooded area around 500 yards away. I mean, apparently he was blind for bargains. <coughs> Creative Dad has become very hands-on with his home after discovering he could use his rug as a canvas. Tom Quirk, 36, uses the hose from his vacuum cleaner to draw things like the Mona Lisa, Donald Trump, and a racing car in fabric. Tom the Farry and the Forrester Dean spoke about the pleasure he got over the years from his vacuum cleaner. <clears throat> 
It started a couple of years ago. I went to Dunhelm and bought a new rug. The following day, my wife was working all day and I was getting on with the housework and noticed how the lines showed up really well when vacuuming with our shark vacuum. I started out doing stripes and it kind of escalated from there. The following weekend, I did curves followed by different patterns and then a random one with the Silverstone Formula One circuit. And it was a Grand Prix, British Grand Prix weekend. I mean, he did the Grand Prix circuit, a Mona Lisa, Donald Trump. From there, I decided to get famous faces, Jack Nicholson from The Shining and his famous Here's Johnny scene. And then I did Pennywise, The Joker. I mean, he must be a horror fan, this guy. When I remove the hose and add the thin attachment to the end and drag the long fibers in opposite directions to start getting the shadows of the faces, my wife normally comments if I have polished or reminding me of the chores that I need doing, but you can't polish the Mona Lisa into a coffee table. Once I finish, my two German... Shepherd dogs love to come in and roll all over it. I mean, what next? Does Da Vinci with a Dyson? And an urban explorer undercovered an abandoned family home in the US which contains things belonging to the previous owners, including family portraits. The YouTuber, known as Obsolete Voids, claims she traveled for 13 hours to explore the messy house the owners must have left in a hurry. The dark and drab little house still features furniture and appliances of the 1970s and belongings that have been in the same place for decades, waiting for the owners to return. Portraits of two pretty young women have been left near some sheet music on the piano in the front room. The walls in one room is decorated with fruit wallpaper, which some fans have compared to the flavored wallpaper from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I mean, everything's okay as long as they don't find a chocolate river in the bathroom. Just a slight warning, if you're thinking about changing your mattress, then take an assessment of how much your partner moves in the bed. Do they flail their arms around in the middle of the night? Do they go from one end to the other? Do they either lie horizontally or diagonally? If that's the case, then make sure you get a king-size bed. Because at the end of the day, you'll be right on the edge, basically hanging off a precipice. And we all know that acupuncture is meant to be relaxing. I mean, you're basically sticking pins into various parts of your body. Now, in the little tips of the fingers and toes and everything else and the neck, in the eyeballs, I mean, all of that's probably uh, quite painful, but you're meant to be relaxing and deep breaths. And I mean, it's like almost like the Tantra fusion that I heard in the Uber a little bit earlier on. But what is the thing that you really don't want to hear? Um, probably in the middle of relaxation and meditating and deep breaths and feeling relief from some of the pain. Bad Christmas music. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It's been a real trip having you here. Not a, not a bad trip, a very, very good trip, I think. And uh, join me again next week. Uh, make sure your nose isn't over the rope on the start line, though. But if you like Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, then like and subscribe on all of your favorite platforms. If you basically want to hear a rather unfunny, clumsy monologue every week, then you can listen to Apple Music. There's no interruption. It's just me spurting on over a load of old pish posh but if you do like uh, a little bit of music then you can listen on spotify the musical butler emporium on spotify if you like 
some of Cats, you like some musicals, Mr. Mistopheles, if you like some Noel Gallagher and the High Flying Birds, if you like a little Bernard Cribbins and Right Said Fred, or may, maybe some Status Quo, or some Pizzicato 5, some Gene Wilder. I mean, there's so much to enjoy here. So many eccentric additions to your musical collection, if you listen to that. But on audio, Apple Music, Slacker, Breaker, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Audible. Like and subscribe when you can. Coming up next, we do have a lovely poem. John Cooper Clark Pies. A homely girl named Lisa couldn't get a geezer. Her mother told her, darling, don't cry. You could knock them down like skittles with some farinaceous vittles. You'll always get a guy with a pie. Rules of engagement don't apply and your best moves fail to catch his eye. Start rolling out the dough and he'll never let you go. You'll always get a guy with a pie. The salad is in the bin. I've never seen a gym, but I'll be here to watch those fucking die. I feel fine, except I'm hungry all the time, and you'll always get a guy with a pie. Please, God, I will be going by and by to that massive cafeteria in the sky. There'll be tea and angel cake, but please don't give me a break. You'll always get a guy on high with a pie. You'll always get a guy with a pie. I don't know about you, but I see the early etchings of spring so get out there and enjoy it this week you can always walk along and toddle along and meander along with keep calm and cauliflower cheese in your lug holes Uh, but enjoy it and i will see you again next week next friday and we'll have a duo of keep calm and cauliflower cheese next weekend but until then cheerio